How do you educate yourself about CBD and lung cancer? Where can you find the latest research? And how do you know if you should use CBD? I'm Diane Mulligan. And I'm Jordan Sherman. These questions and more in this edition of Lung Cancer Foundation of America's Hope With Answers podcast. And I certainly, um, as a patient, would not um, stop my chemotherapy or immunotherapy or radiation or surgery uh, just to take a cannabinoid. Um, I would definitely um, talk to their oncologist, their clinical pharmacist that we're, they're working with in the oncology environment um, to help um, navigate that uh, scenario. Lung cancer is a tough topic. It's a disease that affects patients, families, friends, co-workers. But first, it's a disease that affects people. The Hope With Answers Living With Lung Cancer podcast brings you stories about people living, truly living with lung cancer. The researchers dedicated to finding new breakthrough treatments and others who are working to bring hope into the lung cancer experience. Today, we are talking with Dr. Jacqueline Bainbridge to get the latest information in the research surrounding CBD, cannabis, and lung cancer. Dr. Bainbridge is a clinical pharmacist at the Skag School of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences at the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. Uh, Dr. Bainbridge, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, what you do? I'm happy to. Thank you so much. Um, so I'm a clinical pharmacist at the Skag School of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences uh, here on the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. I do um, clinical research, uh, and that's part of my passion. Uh, currently, we're working on um, many uh, cannabinoid or cannabis uh, clinical trials. Dr. Bainbridge, what is CBD oil exactly and how would it affect lung cancer patients? Um, so CBD oil can mean uh, many different things. So CBD oil could be our FDA approved product, which is Epidiolex because that is produced in sesame oil and that is cannabidiol or CBD. Um, so uh, there also could be oils that you get from a dispensary that is made into drops or tinctures. Tinctures uh, mean that there's alcohol um, involved. Just when you talk about uh, from the pharmacy world, that's um, uh, what we do and how we formulate um, a tincture. Um, and there's also a difference between hemp seed oil, and I'll talk about that in a minute. So when you talk about um, the lung cancer um, patients. And again, this is, there's uh, clinical evidence, clinical trials need to be um, run on using uh, CBD for uh, lung cancer um, patients. Um, as we were chatting earlier, there is, um, there is a few case reports out there where people have used uh, CBD. Now it's unclear if they were just using a plain CBD or THC and CBD, which I think it probably was, but CBD uh, potentially or has a potential um, to alter the immune environment and stimulate a response. So uh, where that may be, um, uh, helpful is in patients with non-small cell 
um, lung cancer because um, it seems to be more responsive to immunotherapy. Uh, so it might be more um, likely to help that population. But again, that needs to be sorted out um, in uh, clinical trials um, to really see uh, what the effects are and what the side effects are. And I certainly, um, as a patient, would not um, stop my chemotherapy or immunotherapy or radiation or surgery uh, just to take a cannabinoid. Um, I would definitely um, talk to their oncologist, their clinical pharmacist that we're, they're working with in the oncology environment um, to help um, navigate that uh, scenario. So a lot of people, they may not necessarily know the difference between THC, CBD. So let's toss in another variable here. Hemp, you mentioned it earlier, doctor. So what is that difference between hemp seed oil and CBD oil? Uh, so by definition, hemp can contain no more than 0.3% um, of THC by um, dry weight. Um, so that's an important uh, distinction. Um, and it's important for consumers to know because, again, this is a very unregulated um, science. So what's on the label necessarily isn't what's in the body and consumers need to do research. They need to go to the product website, look for a certificate of analysis um, because there should be a batch number on whatever they have purchased. Or if they go to a dispensary, they can ask for a certificate of analysis. Sometimes you'll find that with hemp seed oil, hemp seed oil um, can be, that's a food product, right? Um, and it contains no CBD um, if it's pure hemp seed oil. And again, it can contain no more than 0.3% THC. Um, so oftentimes, um, not often, sometimes you can see that a product might be labeled as CBD oil, but it's really hemp seed oil. So hemp seed oil is going to be a lot cheaper than a CBD oil. And that's a big um, distinction. So if consumers are thinking, wow, I just found a really great sale. Um, a lot of times it might not be a really great sale. It might be that it's really hemp seed oil as opposed to CBD um, oil. So people need to kind of do their research um, and figure out what's really um, in the bottle. And that goes with THC as well. So oftentimes something is labeled as being a CBD um, product, but there could be a lot of THC in a particular product. It's just not listed um, on the label. But is it also true that hemp seed oil could have the CBD that it says on the label? Because CBD, that's one of the ways that they can get the CBD to you. Is that correct as well? So yes. really, you have to look at that COA, the certificate of analysis, to really know what you're getting. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So hemp can be extract or CBD can be extracted from hemp or um, from uh, the cannabis plant. So yeah, that great, great point. You just don't want people to be paying a lot of money and just be getting um, the hemp seed oil. So not made from the plant, made from the seed. So there, there's a big distinction. Right. So, um, and that's what makes it um more, uh, the hemp seed oil, uh, again, just from the seeds, um, is not, should not contain, should not contain, um, uh, as much of your CBD. 
Got it. Got it. So a uh, question for you, can CBD really treat, or we've even read cure um, cancer, or is it more that it can relieve symptoms? Where are we on all of that? Because the headlines I think are very confusing for a lot of people. Um, I would say at this point that we can only say that it relieves symptomatology. I, we can't say really a cure. We can't even say that cannabis cures anything, but it treats symptoms. Um, so you're right. The headlines are very misleading. Um, so, uh, you know, until we have that, that evidence, um, it's really, uh, it's a slippery slope. So we can only say that it treats uh, symptomatology. To your knowledge, doctor, are, are there any CBD related small cell lung cancer clinical trials or non-small cell lung cancer clinic, uh, clinical trials that people can get involved with? Um, there are, and I would recommend that people go to clinicaltrials.gov. So all clinical trials will be listed on um, that those particular um, websites. And, and that's a good way to weed out weed out um, whether or not, you know, it's a reputable <laughs> trial or not. But again, um, you know, at this point, they're not really taking people off of their um, therapies, traditional therapies. They're using this as an adjunct um, with those, those trials. You know, Dr. Bainbridge, um, Lung Cancer Foundation of America is all about research and um, but we all do our own research on Dr. Google, as we know. And so when you look up um, lung cancer and CBD, that first page has a couple of case studies on it. Um, but when you read the case study, there's really only one person in that, in that case. How much, um, how, how much should you take when you read something like that? How much information should you say, oh, this is something I can really use as opposed to well, this is interesting and it might add to my body information, but I don't know whether it would be the same for me. Right. And, and so I think you hit the nail on the head. This is very interesting. Let me take this back to my oncologist and see, um, and see what they think about this. Is it reputable? Is it not? Um, so I think, I think it's like, oh, this is interesting. And who knows where we'll be in another 10 or 20 years from now, will we be saying something completely different? Um, you know, I think that it's just really um, uh, interesting that we're actually studying what looks interesting in many circumstances, and that may lead us to, um, you know, finding answers to these questions. And have, have any of the CBD products um, with CBD oil been approved by the FDA to treat anything at this point? Yes, there's one, um, one CBD product that is plant-derived. Um, it comes from the cannabis plants. It's extracted and it's purified. And that particular product is uh, cannabidiol and the, it goes by the brand name Epidiolex. Uh, Epidiolex is approved by the FDA and descheduled by the DEA. So it's not scheduled um, and it's approved for um, specific types of epilepsy. So Lennox-Gastaut syndrome, Dravet syndrome and tuberous sclerosis complex. So very specific types of epilepsy. Um, that it's approved 
for by the FDA. And the, the good thing about having a product that has gone through rigorous clinical trials um, is that uh, they look at side effects they look at monitoring and what potential monitoring needs to happen when that product comes to market. Um, they're looking at drug-drug interaction. So oftentimes I go back to that package insert and look for um, that data that the clinical trials has given us. And it also tell us, us about dosing. So the dosing for uh, those types of epilepsy is much higher than consumers would probably be using uh, CBD uh, for if they wanted to sleep better uh, or for uh, anxiety. Um, so, uh, and it's not approved uh, for those indications um, at, at this point, but that is the only plant-derived uh, CBD product that we um, have on the market. So I think you, you may have answered at least a little bit of my next question. Uh, doctor, but what are some of the dangers of using CBD oil? We know it's legal under the Farm Bill, uh, and, and what types of side effects um, will might people encounter when using CBD oil? Well, and when we talk about um, legalization, we have to be um, careful with that too. So the Farm Bill of 2018 um, did allow hemp, hemp, 0.3% THC, um, uh, to be in those particular products. So cannabidiol um, or, or whatnot. So um, we have to be careful because it's still federally, um, uh, cannabis is federally illegal because it falls under that DEA one. But the side effect profile that we see with CBD, which is um, uh, usually why people take CBD, uh, is for sedation. So we know that patients will become sedated uh, with CBD or sleepy. Um, so that is a side effect that we see. We also can see that there is um, gastrointestinal um, issues that uh, we can see with those uh, CBD products. So when we're talking about nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, um, those are all side effects. Um, I initially thought it was the oils that they were in because they're very um, lipophilic uh, and easy to get into solution by using an oil. But um, now I think we have figured out that it is really a toxicity of the CBD or an effect, a side effect of the CBD. The other thing that we can see with CBD is that it can increase um, liver function tests. So it can affect um, the liver. And obviously, age extremes um, are going to be more affected by uh, some of the liver components. So, um, you know, uh, very old, very young, uh, everyone else is, it's variable. But those are the common side effects that we see with um, CBD. You know, it's interesting, I was talking to a doctor who said, um, he used the acronym PAIN when he thought about what CBD could help with from a symptomatic standpoint, which the P being pain, the I being insomnia, the A being anxiety, and the N being nausea. What do you think of that? Um, well, it's interesting. <laughs> I have not heard that acronym used uh, with CBD. But usually when we think of pain, we think of a little THC combination with the CBD. Um, so jury's still out. If you look at the clinical trials that, that are out there, they're all over the board. Um, but most of the 
positive, like neuropathic pain um, uh, trials were uh, THC and uh, CBD. So I think those are those are really um, uh, or something to keep in mind. Um, and I think with nausea, um, I also think of uh, more of a THC component. It could be a THC and CBD type um, uh, effect. So we do know that CBD will decrease some of the um, side effects that we see that are unwanted with THC. Um, and then the, and they tend to um, play well in the sandbox together. So mm -hmm. they work well um, together for many things. So if I was interested in finding out more and wanted to go and purchase a CBD product, um, where would I go? Where would you suggest that people go so that they feel like they're getting good information and that, um, and that they can find out the latest information as well? Um, so I would, I would um, actually start with asking whatever area you're in. I would probably start with um, your pharmacist um, or practitioner and ask what they tend to use. So there's natural medicines database. Um, oftentimes um, people can access that. Sometimes they can't access that. Um, uh, but I think that's a good um, resource. Um, and I think their pharmacist can be a really good resource in that scenario. I would stay away. I would try and stay away <laughs> from Dr. Google. Um, and especially if you're looking at chat rooms or, um, you know, this is how Jackie felt on this particular product. So this is what I think that you um, need, need to um, use. And I think many clinicians are, um, very accepting of some of the continuing medical education courses that are um, uh, ongoing. Um, so, you know, just pu pushing the resources um, onto the clinician so that they can learn more about it in a bias-free um, atmosphere. There are also, um, uh, we just started at the University of Colorado a few years ago, started a, a a CE program for medical or healthcare providers. Um, and it's like an eight week course. So there's one course on oncology, a couple courses on neurology, um, different uh, areas or different disease states that patients are consuming um, cannabis products for, you know, alleviating the symptomatology um, that, that clinicians, um, and it, it's an easy program to use since uh, a lot of it is pre-recorded and then there's a live session because it's CE. Um, and then there are programs, we also have a master's level course uh, that's for anyone holding a bachelor degree, um, which is a really fascinating um, type course because you get people that are coming from the cannabis industry or you have people who are clinicians. Um, so I think, I think our um, practitioners now are more open to learning um, about what is known and what isn't known um, about um, uh, cannabis or specific cannabinoids. Um, you know, when you're talking about dosing, side effects, how to monitor the products, because all of those things um, are, in, are important. 
and obviously we should we should treat these um, products as um, drugs or medications um, because we know that they interplay uh, with other medications. They alter the metabolism. Uh, we know that there are side effects um, that we see uh, much different from THC uh, to CBD. Um, we know that there are side effects and oftentimes we use um, those products for their side effects. You know, Jordan, there is so much we still don't know about CBD and lung cancer, but through research, we are learning more every day. Thank you to Dr. Jacqueline Bainbridge with the Skag School of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences at the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. Make sure to subscribe to the Hope With Answers Living With Lung Cancer podcast. You'll be notified every time a new episode is available. So visit us online at lcfamerica.org where you can find more information about the latest in lung cancer research, new treatments, and more. You can also join the conversation with LCFA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.